Bed, Bath, and Beyond, GM General Motors, Kohl's, United Airlines, and SpaceX on this week's episode of News Entrepreneurs Experience. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of News Entrepreneurs Experience. And I do get asked, Dylan, what do you mean News Entrepreneurs Experience? What kind of title for a a podcast is that? And I smile and I say, well, being an entrepreneur can be quite lonely. And entrepreneurs often think that they are the only people in the world experiencing the things that they are experiencing. And so this episode is meant to, uh, this podcast in this episode, is meant to help an entrepreneur realize that they are in fact not alone. And the challenges that they are facing are not unique to them, that other entrepreneurs for sure are facing them. Uh, But not just entrepreneurs, CEOs, presidents of public companies and big, large private companies. When it comes to business, the challenges uh, generally are all the same, and they're not unique to any one individual. And so what I look to do is every day I write uh, a short blog post about something going on in the marketplace that I'm able to um, uh, shape and uh, bring out something that maybe an entrepreneur is going through or is looking to figure out. And so this podcast is my way of opening up those uh Uh, blog posts a little bit more and talking about them and giving some of my opinions and feedback because not everyone likes reading and not everyone enjoys listening. And so between the blog and the podcast, I think it kind of works out okay. So thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Really appreciate all of the support that I get uh, from folks that say that for whatever reason, Dylan, these episodes just happen to hit me on a day when I really needed to hear what it is you have to say which is interesting because I typically don't uh, have any kind of an agenda other than to find interesting things that other than to find interesting things to talk about that I think could benefit entrepreneurs running businesses and they're trying to fix fund or grow them and so I try to take these articles and these blog posts and this content and shape it in a way that it's valuable to you. So let's get started. Is your business right sized? This was the first blog post um, of the week that I had put out about Bed, Bath & Beyond, who is having a hard time, having a hard go, and um, their CEO, Mark Tritton, hope I said that right, uh, said, we are announcing extensive changes today to right-size our organization as part of our efforts to reconstruct a modern, durable business model. So looking to reset their cost structure, Bed, Bath & Beyond, Announced 500 jobs are being cut, an $85 million reduction is being done to annual expenses, and any non-core business assets are being sold. And wouldn't you know, it's funny how these things work out, um, or funny, yeah, I guess funny how things work out, but I had been talking with uh, a business that I'm involved in about being right-sized, and and then found myself sort of talking with someone else about it, and then I read this article, and I thought, wow, well, is your business right-sized? And um, what I've learned and what I've seen, and certainly for myself, what I've experienced is that a business, an entrepreneur 
can have a hard time figuring out what the right size of their team should be based on their revenue and their expenses. And so, you know, I tend to ask a question like, you know, are all of your people and resources being used in a way that produces the best result for the business? And every entrepreneur I ask that to definitely goes, of course, Dylan, I mean, yes, absolutely. But what does that mean? And so as I get talking about, is your business right size? Really what you're looking to do is you're looking to take the capabilities of your business and those capabilities generally, generally revolve around time because that is the most limited resources that any, that is the most limited resource that anybody on your team has. You only have so much of it. There's, you can't make more of it. You can you can get resources, you can buy computers and you can get an internet connection, you can buy printers and you can do all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, all of those resources are used by your team, and your team has a limited amount of time. And so being right-sized means that every task in your business is going to require some time. It's going to require some effort to complete, and there's a certain amount of time required to servicing your customers and all the kind of the stuff that goes along with that. So given the amount of time that your business has access to isn't making the best use of its time. And I have seen organizations and been a part of organizations, and I have run an organization by myself where I had just simply assumed that because business was okay and we were moving along, uh, that we just needed people, and if we threw more people at the business, that the business would grow, and somehow magically it would all happen, only to realize that that isn't how businesses grow. Businesses grow because somebody has a plan, a leader takes a leadership role and marks out a path that the team is going to go down and they are going to be 100% focused in making sure that every resource and person that they have is focused on getting the job done. Now, getting the job done uh, doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has oodles of time to do whatever they want, especially in a smaller, medium-sized business because you can't afford, generally, you can't afford to just have people hanging around. You want to be able to say, here's what our organization is supposed to be doing right now, and everyone needs to be contributing to where we are going. If you are not contributing, then we don't need you. And if you're not contributing and we, it, the burden is on us as leaders to figure out how we utilize you to get us to where we're going. And if we can't figure that out, then, then maybe we're not right-sized. Maybe we have too many people. Maybe we're trying to do too much with the people that we have. Or inversely, you might say, we have too many people and not enough for them to do. We have too many people that aren't getting, you know, aren't making a meaningful contribution to where our business is trying to go. And so it's a bit of a philosophy to say, is your business right-sized? And the, the question of what does it mean? It means that your people and your resources are being used to their optimal ability or their optimal potential. You're getting the most leverage out of what you have. Um, but then how do you how do you know? And I would say that you would know because... Uh, first of all, there are always, you know, if you just put your bucket of, of things to do into two buckets, high priority and low priority, you know you're right-sized when that low priority bucket starts to build and the high priority bucket never has has very much in it because everyone is always working on the most important things and the, the lower priority things, you tend to work with them on an as-needed basis. You know you are not right-sized if, first of all, you said, Dylan, we don't even have a high and low priority bucket that would probably tell you that you have too many people and not enough work for them to do. So your organization should always be stretched just a little bit, and that's probably a pretty good sign that you're right-sized, but only if your team and your organization are doing things that matter 
and are helping your business get to where it's going. And you can see your whole team can see the traction that is getting the business in that direction. So if you don't see the traction, if your people aren't uh, busy, Uh, as busy as they should be. If you don't have a high and a low priority bucket with the low priority bucket always being full and the high priority bucket not being full, those are probably all signs that your business is not right-sized. If you feel totally maxed out as an entrepreneur and you think you yourself simply don't have enough time, uh, you have to say to yourself, are you right-sized? Are you doing the jobs and the tasks and completing the work that adds the most value to the organization? Or are you finding yourself doing things that Really, you could find someone else to do, and if you could find someone else to do at a different price point, then that means you could refocus your efforts in a direction that would help the business get to where it's going. So is your business right size? It's not a math formula, although I would love it to be one because that's how my mind works, but it is a question you should be asking yourself, and you should always feel like, yes, our business is right-sized. Everyone is doing meaningful, productive work. We can see that we are getting traction, uh, and and our, our, uh, we are getting closer to the goal that we've set out for ourselves. And you know what? There always seems to be just a little bit more work to do than what we're capable of getting done, but that's okay because that kind of work is is lower priority, but all the high priority stuff is being done. So that's how you know if your business is right-sized. And as I was reading through what Bed Bath & Beyond is doing, because they simply use the term right-size our organization, I thought, wow, that's kind of kind of cool because I was just talking about that today with a couple of other folks, uh, business I'm involved with and another on- entrepreneur. So is your business right size? Always be asking yourself that question because it does change, uh, that answer does change based on where your business is at at any particular moment. All right, I had found, I'd found a headline about GM announcing that it was uh, getting into the, you know, the electric car game yet again, uh, two years after they had already said, we're getting into the electric car game by launching 20 new vehicles. Well, two years later, GM was not a, has been unable uh, to get the traction that they originally thought they could, they could get, and they haven't even come close to getting to their own goals. And so this kind of led me to, wow, that's interesting. If a company like GM is having a hard time executing, certainly there isn't a small or medium-sized business owner or entrepreneur that can't relate to that, right? That idea that ideas are a dime a dozen, but people who implement them are priceless. I thought that was a good quote that I had found. And as and in, in the blog post, I sort of made this quip as an entrepreneur, are you a dime collector or are your skills priceless. And really the only skill that matters in business is being able to execute. It doesn't mean not making mistakes. It doesn't mean um, taking wrong turns, but you can't do any of those things if you're not executing. And I thought, wow, you know, GM, they've got a lot of smart and capable people working with them, uh, for them, who make, who are trying to make decisions that would help GM uh, take some of the market share away from some of the other players. And it sort of seemed like even GM isn't immune from not being able to execute on their good ideas. And so I had given a tip, the blog post from some of the things that I've learned, which is to write down and prioritize the things um, that need to be done and simply execute on them. And if you're not by nature someone who executes, you're a procrastinator, um, then what you need to do is just start small. And every day pick one or two things to execute on, and then each week or each month try to set a, a larger goal for yourself to execute on something that's harder, that takes you out of your comfort zone. And then the next thing you know, you're just going to develop the habit of executing and you will get personally frustrated by people who don't execute. And certainly I 
suffer from that syndrome uh, because I do get tired of hearing great ideas, although great ideas is where all of this starts. But it's a lot more engaging and a lot more interesting when someone, an entrepreneur or a leader, is executing on a great idea. And it doesn't mean that it's perfect, but it means they're trying to figure it out as they go. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I have a philosophy that there's just a certain amount of mistakes that you have to make, but you're you're never going to get through the pile of them if you don't start executing. And most folks uh, that I know can come up with great ideas, but I have a very you know short list of people that I I can point to that say they could they could get the job done. They could come up with the idea and they could execute on it. So, if you want a team that can execute, you have to be able to lead by example. So, as a leader, you have to do it yourself. Your team has to see you hitting your own goals and executing on your own ideas. And as they see you doing that, they now have they have someone to model their own behavior off of. Uh, people will will pretend that they don't want to be led, but the truth is that everybody in some capacity needs to be led, but not everybody wants to be a leader. So the position that you're in as an entrepreneur is that you get to show people how to take an idea and execute on it. And if you can develop a culture of people being able to adopt that same behavior, then then you're going to certainly win uh, in the marketplace, if not be number one in your market or in your particular niche. But if GM has a hard time executing, uh, rest be sure that if you're having a hard time executing, you're not alone and you're not that special, but you can be more nimble. And now that someone has called you out on it, hopefully you can, you can do, uh, you can do something uh, about it. So maybe you find that either annoying and that's a bit of a stone in your shoe, or you find it encouraging because you were just looking for something to kind of get you going. And, uh, this little, speak piece on get busy executing uh, was able to do that for you. What is your business good at? Uh, Double down on that. This was a a blog post I had made after I had read about Kohl's um, uh, making some changes in their business because, you know, their stock price, you know, they weren't hitting the numbers they wanted to hit. And as I kind of sifted through some of the headlines about what the market was really saying about Kohl's, one of the things stuck out, which was uh, they have, there's a certain group of people, so they've put a team together um, to help them turn around their women's department. And as uninteresting as that might sound, stick with me just for a moment. So Kohl's looked at their business. There was a whole bunch of spots that were weak. Their women's department was really weak. So what they decided to do was to phase out the brands that they were offering to customers. So they're phasing out a number of brands that weren't working, and then they were going to double down or leverage on the brands that were working. And then around that, they were going to build a new, they're going to build a new merchandising strategy that's going to help them manage their inventory and also reduce the number of choices that customer has. And when you put all this to have, And when you put all these changes together, they're hoping it's going to provide a better result in their women's department. Now, the women's department is a major contributor to their bottom line. And because this was one of the areas that historically they've been strong at, they became weak at it. They are now doubling down and getting rid of brands, leveraging the other ones and putting a whole strategy around what they used to be good at. So that got me thinking about an entrepreneur that might feel like, you know what, we've got a couple of things that we, you know, we think we do good at. Which, which is another way of saying we're just we're average at it, which means we're probably earning average margins off of the few things that we do. Well, what if you could focus your team? What if you could focus your business on the one thing 
that your team could could be great at. Maybe they're good today, but if they were great at it, it could be used as a as a platform to increase the overall performance of the business and uh, help heighten, you know, grow the margins. And growing your margins means that you can, of course, withstand more of the things going on in the market, like downturns. Um, and you'd, you know, you'd have a better bottom line. But it was just this idea that, again, entrepreneurs can be their own worst enemies because they they will think that they are great at everything. And if, and if they're not getting the result that they want, then they will look to blame other people. That's kind of like the average, in my experience, that's the average response. But a good entrepreneur will be able to say, look, we are, we're just not doing these things very well. But if we do this one thing really well, then everything else starts to fall into place. So how do we do that? And they look for uh, outside help. They, they look to reorganize internally. They make changes to the business to be able to become great at one thing. And that one thing gives them a platform to add a whole bunch of other things onto. So instead of, um, you know, depending on what your particular product or service might be, you might say, we're really good at customer service. We're not good at order fulfillment. Uh, but we're really good at customer service. Our customers love us. Or you might say, we're really great at order fulfillment, but we're terrible at customer service. Okay, well, let's take our strengths from order fulfillment and let's see now how we can tie in pieces of the customer experience that leverage the strengths from order fulfillment or vice versa. So what you look to do is get your team winning because your team's not stupid. They know that there are things that that you say they're good at that they're not really good at and overall they realize they're not getting the result that they want. You as a leader, your job is to identify where they are, where the organization is strong and then to try and double down on the one thing that you're really great at and then work from there. And if you've got nothing to work with, maybe you're just average at everything, then you have to pick the thing you're going to be good at and every day you work away at it until it's just second nature and you can everyone can look at each other and say, okay, you know, a month ago, we weren't really good at anything. A month later, we are excellent now at this one thing. Now, everyone, let's get going. And so as I read this article about Kohl's, it was this, again, this idea that a big, big, massive company like Kohl's isn't immune to the idea that you can spread yourself too thin. You can think you're great at lots of things, but uh, being a public company, you don't get to do that for very long because your shareholders... Uh, will tell you right away how you're doing, and the, and that will be reflected in the share price uh, on the stock market. But if you run a private company, small, medium-sized business, you don't have that feedback loop. So as an entrepreneur, you have to be self-aware enough to recognize what's happening. And if you spread yourself too thin, or you've become average at too many things, then you got to back back the train up, or back the bus up, or back the truck up, and say we are going to be excellent at one thing. And no one's doing anything else until we are excellent at that. And then we are going to build off of that strength and become excellent at these other pieces of our business. And overall, it's going to make us a force to compete with. And we're going to have stronger margins. And we're going to have better cash flow. And, 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 and the list goes on and on. So what is your business good at? Do more of that. Double down on it. And if you don't know what you're good at, then there's a great place to start. Pick the thing that you need to be good at in order for your business to survive and thrive and to be profitable. United Airlines, cut your losses so you can win. This whole uh, coronavirus is killing the, the travel industry. And it feels kind of some of the things I'm going to talk about here in the next couple of minutes feels reflective of when the financial crisis came. And so I'll I'll paint some context because I was neck deep in the credit crisis when it happened. And uh, I remember 
kind of January, February of 2019 were the worst months. It was like, that's when everyone was looking at each other going, okay, this is really bad. There's no credit. Uh, At the time, mortgages and loans that our company was brokering or funding uh, now were not going to be brokered or funded because there simply was no money available. And I remember thinking, because it was the first time I had been a part of a real big downturn, I remember thinking, okay, tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be better. Next month is going to be better. Next month's going to be better. And then it was weird because by the time, so this was January, February, so by the time June or July had rolled around, it was like this was just the new new. Life never returned to what it was. Life never got back to what it was. There was like this permanent reset that had happened and everyone was trying to just sort of hang on thinking that, you know, we're not going to lay people off. We're not going to cut our expenses. And I certainly uh, had fallen victim to that. We had a huge retail location, lots of infrastructure, lots of overhead. And I had just thought, you know what, let's just, you know, we can ride this out. We can ride it out for a month or two. I even sold a piece of the business to raise more money so we could keep funding our costs, thinking that the market was going to return. And it just never did. So when I read about what United Airlines has decided to do, even though we're at the very early stages of what the what impact the coronavirus could have on the market, it was, you know, they decided to cut their number of flights significantly. I think they're cutting 10% international and 20% domestic or vice versa. But the point was they're cutting their flights significantly. They have suspended any new hiring. They postponed the starting dates for new pilots. And even though they're not really sure how life is going to play out, they're well ahead of what um, they need to do in order to be one of one of the last folks that, or one of the last companies that maybe one of the last, it's the airline business, but that allows them to be profitable and ride out this storm. So in the moments of uncertainty, you know, chaos will ensue. And so as the leader of a business, much like me, you might find yourself going, okay, well, what we're looking at, we're not really sure what the outcome is. So, um, you know, let's just keep going. But there is something to be said about looking at what's going on and attempting to get ahead of it. Not attempting to predict the outcome so much, but trying to say, if we were to make some changes to our business right now because we wanted to make sure that we don't lose customers, we don't want to lose income, we don't want to close our doors, let's assume some worst case scenarios today and let's start working through them. And so that can help That can help with a lot of things. I mean, it's awkward. It does require, again, kind of the ego and the pride and the gut check and, and thinking, no, no, tomorrow's going to be fine. Tomorrow's going to be fine. And that's okay. And that's certainly one position to take. I took that position and suffered poorly for it. Um, It took a long time to work out of that hole. But if you can quickly make adjustments to your business, you may be able to help your staff have jobs for longer than they would otherwise. You may be able to ensure that your business remains stable while you're waiting for the uncertainty to end. And quite frankly, it also, even if you don't make drastic changes, but you start making some changes, if you can um, prepare yourself to be in an uncertain situation for a long period of time, there's no downside to that type of mentality. Because if you're wrong, then it just means your business bounces back sooner, quicker, faster, and off you go. But if you're right, it means that you are already prepared versus your competitors who may not may not all be as prepared as your business is. And that means that you can ride out the market. And if you can ride out the market, you might be able to pick up the customers that get left behind. Um, if there are no customers, then you're simply making sure that when the customers do return to the market, that you are there. I know in one of, one of the businesses I'm involved with, um, there have been already massive layoffs as companies are preparing for what could be 
a very long period of uncertainty. Um, it's not just the coronavirus, it's the price of oil, it's the general economic um, circumstances that we find ourselves in, and so businesses are already making these changes. But again, there's nothing unique about being a smaller, medium-sized business owner. United Airlines, right, on the very front end of a coronavirus pandemic, potential pandemic, I guess, they're already, they've already made the changes. They've already decided how, how they're going to be nimble and ride their way through whatever, however long this takes to, to ride through. And there's, I think, an important lesson there for an entrepreneur who's trying to get their head around maybe the same thing. So if you find yourself in that spot today, I would encourage you to cut your loss as quickly, as quickly as you can, so that your business uh, has a great chance of riding out whatever whatever's waiting around the corner. Uh, and if that happens to be months or years out, then at least you've made all the important decisions today, made all the hard decisions today. And if the market returns faster, your business bounce back, bounces back faster. And if the market doesn't return quickly, uh, then you're still in a position to ride it out. So some of you, I know some of you listening to this could benefit from just having that brought to your attention. You might already be thinking it in the back of your head, now that I've said it out loud, that might give you the encouragement to say, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to make some changes here. And as you know, my affinity for Elon Musk um, is great because I think he's the epitome of an entrepreneur and uh, gives kind of every other entrepreneur hope that really anything is possible if you can just, if you can just get your mind to it. So it's 1 a.m. on February 23rd, Elon Musk calls an all-hands meeting with his team and starts grilling them on how come, you know, we're not uh, getting, how come our factory's not running 24-7 to finish our Starship rocket system? Even just saying that sounds cool, man. But anyway, long and the short of it is, it's 1 a.m., it's, I think, a Sunday morning or something like that, and they said, and, and Elon's team said, look, we just don't have enough people. And so all of a sudden, within 48 hours, they had added 252 people to their team so that they could achieve the goal that they're trying to achieve. So I had titled my blog post, Pull Out All the Stops. And there are times in your business when you, whether you're trying to solve a problem or take advantage of an opportunity, there are times when you want to pull everyone you can together. You want to pull some all-nighters. You want to get all hands on deck to solve a problem or take advantage uh, of an opportunity. Because if your business is going to lead, if your business is going to be very profitable, be very valuable, and provide meaningful work for a long time to come, you have to be tackling big tasks and big projects. And big tasks and big projects oftentimes don't get done during the normal course of business. There's something else that needs to happen in order for those to be achieved. And if Elon Musk, who runs a couple of companies and is able to pull together his team at 1 a.m. on February 23rd to solve a big problem and to get all hands on deck to complete a project, certainly in your business, while you're not Elon Musk running these businesses and not trying to do this, there is something to be said about um, making it part of your culture. Um, it's exciting. It pulls people together. It creates pressure points but ultimately it does help your business get to the next level or certainly leapfrog over the competition if you can find a problem big enough to work on or if you can find an opportunity large enough to call some kind of all-hands-on-deck meeting. And so in the blog post, I had sort of said, what big task or project does your business need to finish? If you were able to rally your team to solve a big problem in your business, what would it be? And the idea is... If you don't have an answer to either of those questions, then maybe your business is doing just fine and it doesn't, it, 
it doesn't need a big problem or opportunity to solve. But it's probably more likely than not that your business isn't trying hard enough to find the next big thing to work on. And this doesn't need to be, I don't think this needs to be something that every business works on all the time, but I can tell you from my own personal experience, when a smaller, medium-sized business takes on a very large task, they get all hands on deck to complete it. There's just something Magical is like a cheesy word, but there's just something magical that happens. In my experience, I've been a part of, for example, accounting system changeovers. And the accounting system changeovers were meant to help everyone in the business have better information, faster information, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, ordering pizza, taking a couple of days where you lock the doors and you just sort of hammer through the work that needs to be done was a lot of fun. It was very tiring. It was an enormous amount of pressure. But anytime I've been a part of that, it really has produced something really good for the business. Um, so there's the benefit of pulling your team together, of, of achieving something. But even more than that, it, 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 it can get your business to a new place. And in that new place, people now take ownership of the business getting there. And uh, as I was reading what Elon was doing at one in the morning, I'm not suggesting that you do that, but I am suggesting that if you're if you run a business and your team isn't and you don't have a big problem or opportunity to tackle, go find one because it could be it could quite possibly be the best thing that happens to your business. And even though people are going to groan and moan and and all that kind of stuff, at the end of the day, they are going to be grateful for it. They're going to enjoy it and being a part of it. And you as the entrepreneur are going to take a great deal of pride in watching your team do something that they you know, otherwise wouldn't have done had you not uh, brought them together. And that uh, that's the end of my episode uh, today of news that entrepreneurs experience. Thank you very much for downloading it. Hopefully there was something interesting in what you heard today. I really would love to hear your feedback on some of the things that I've talked about. If you've experienced some of these things personally, if you have different hacks or or advice or opinions on how to deal with some of the, the issues that I've raised today, send them to me. I'd love to share them on the next podcast episode. Um, I'd love to write a, a blog post uh, about it because realizing that as an entrepreneur, none of the things you're doing are truly unique. Once you realize that, it, it becomes quite a, quite a bit more engaging to now run your business because you don't need to be scared to say something to somebody. Uh, you realize that, uh, you know what, I'm just trying to do what every other entrepreneur before me has tried to do, so let's get on with it already. So if you've got your own stories to share, please share them. And if you found this interesting, share the podcast, rate the podcast, interact with it in some way because that's how it gets in front of other entrepreneurs that might be able to benefit from what's been said here. So thanks for tuning in and please make sure to check back next week and download next week's episode.